All right, we're going to read Isaiah 7, starting at verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Father, thank you. Thank you for prophetic scriptures like this and so much of the Bible, so much of your book is about prophecy. Much of it points to your son Jesus, our Savior, Messiah, who came the first time. And there's still yet more. Much of it also points to his second coming. And so we get to celebrate that today, how you came and was you were birthed into this earth. You put on a body of flesh, Jesus. Took on that name, Jesus. You were the Messiah, the Christ, our Savior, our great high priest. And we ask that you would open up our understanding of your holy word. Can you please speak to our hearts? We also ask, last but not least, Father, you are the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Please comfort each and every one of our hearts. Some of us here maybe need a healing. Maybe it's a a physical healing. Maybe an emotional healing. Maybe a mental healing and cleansing. Maybe all the above. Jesus, we thank you that you came to heal the brokenhearted. Father, minister to each and every one of us. Encourage us, for we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you. You guys could have a seat if you would, please. And so today, I want to talk to you about Christ's birth is a sign. The birth of Jesus, Messiah, was a sign. Now, a sign, I looked this up. I'm going to show you here on the display. A sign is an object, quality, or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the probable presence or occurrence of something else. So it's an indicator, something that points you to something else. I got this out of the Oxford Languages Dictionary. We went up north, upstate a little, a little while ago, and I took a picture of this. Here's a sign. <laughs> Get a picture of that sign. It's actually a literal sign. <laughs> We saw this a couple times. Each time I see him, like, ah, I'm going to jump out and take a picture of this. It's a sign. <laughs> I wonder how many people in this community, upstate New York, see that sign, take heed to that sign, and get themselves, like you guys, to church fellowship. And hey, let me take this time to say, God has given you a sign. Not just this sign, but you've answered that. You came in today. Praise the Lord. Give yourselves a hand. You came in. <laughs> So a sign is something that points to something else. That's obviously not literally the church. The church is not the building even. The church is the people, not the place. Amen? Jesus died for you. So a sign is something that indicates, that points you to something else. And when it comes to Christ's birth, Christ's birth was a sign for God's people. We just read this again in Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. So God was going to give his people, what? A sign. What is the sign? It says, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. By the way, has that ever happened in all of humanity, all of history past? Will that ever happen moving forward in the future? No. Therefore, it's a sign. That's important to know because some would argue and say, well, that word for virgin, it could mean young woman. Now, ladies, how, by the way, how many moms here? bunch of you moms, right? You know it doesn't take just a mommy to make a baby. It takes a 
daddy. Right? So if the scriptures were to say, behold, I'm going to give you a sign. A young woman shall conceive and bear a son. You'd be like, what are you talking about? That's the way it's done every day. Right? It's not a sign. So some would argue that's actually what it's saying. No. The context of the text is what makes more sense, right? Amen? So the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. That's the sign. There was a prophecy of the virgin birth of Jesus. So the virgin birth of Jesus, Messiah, was a sign to God's people. It still is. Now, if you're ministering to Jews, even here or wherever you are around the world, this is in their scriptures. They may not receive it like you and I do, but nonetheless... This is the thing that you and I, as crazy Christians, we embrace, especially this time of year. We want to celebrate the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. It's a sign to God's people, still is. And as you and I celebrate this, not just Christmas time, every day of the year, amen? Now, it's a sign to God's people, even if they don't believe. You're probably like me. At one point in time, you didn't believe. Is that anybody here? At one point in time, I thought it was crazy. You know why? It's a miracle, isn't it? So it takes faith to believe. So it's a sign because all throughout history, not a single person was ever born to a virgin. Modern science even knows it's impossible because it takes, sorry, woke crowd, which is not here, but it takes one man and one genetic woman to make a baby. Not rocket science, but even modern science knows that. So yeah, you hear, follow the science. Okay, it takes one man and one woman, one genetic man, one genetic woman. They must be involved to birth every single baby, right? Who here was born that way? Okay, (laughs) every single one of us, right? That's just how it is. Therefore, it's a miracle, it's a sign to God's people. The fact that God was going to bring forth a baby, and this would be a son. Notice, you conceive and bear a son. It's a miracle. It's a sign. So it's important to know. So later on in Isaiah's book, if you're in chapter 7, look a couple chapters later. It's also on the display. Isaiah chapter 9, look what it says here. Isaiah chapter 9 Verse 6 and on, again, Christ's birth was a sign for God's people. Two chapters later, Isaiah 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born. This is speaking of the same child two chapters before. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, listen to this, there will be no end. Praise God. Right? The government of Jesus Christ, our government, up and down, all governments, right? Rise, fall, crash. But what about the government of Jesus Christ? There will be no end. Praise the Lord for that. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So this child would be born and would be a son. The child that would be born would be a son. 
important to know. So God's making a distinction, and God knows about gender. Now, that's confusing in our society today, but not confusing with God, who created how many genders? Two. So he knows what a son is, and he knows what a daughter is. We don't want to get that confused. So we know that this child that was prophesied to be born would be male. Now, what I'm saying now might sound crazy if I said it two, three, five years ago, but in America today, I'm offended. How many genders? God knows two. Male and female, and he prophesied this one going to be a son. We won't get into chapters, but even in Torah, you're told about a son and what they have. We won't get into the hardware that they have, but God knows, and they're even declared. Let's continue on. But this son, this Messiah, that was prophesied, that was to be a sign, he would be a wonderful counselor. Now, how many of you, when you want counsel, you want wonderful counsel? Is that any of you guys? I don't want horrible counsel. Guess what you're going to get from the world? Horrible counsel. Guess what you get from Jesus? Wonderful counsel. He's going to point you always to the word, isn't he? The word, the word, the word. He's always going to point you to the word. And also, what about this Jesus, this sign? He's going to be God. Think about that. That is tough for a lot of people to absorb. Uh, Even Jews or even Muslims won't argue with you. Oh, yeah, he was a historical figure. But they won't call him God, will they? No, they won't. But what's prophesied even in the Hebrew Scriptures is that Isaiah chapter 9, he's going to be mighty God. What? El Shaddai? God Almighty? Yes, he's going to be God himself. And also he would be Prince of Peace. Uh, How many of you, you love the fact that Jesus Messiah gives you peace? That he is you. He's the Prince of Peace. Don't you love that? I love that. And of his government, there'll be no end. I'm sorry. We live in America. I was born an American citizen, but America is going to have an end one day. I'm not saying doom, death, destruction against this country or any country, but when you read, say, in Peter's book, the end chapter, or the end chapters of Revelation, guess what's going to happen to planet Earth? Some point in time, well, some would say that there's going to be global warming. It's going to warm up really, really hot to the point at one point it's going to boom. It's going to blow up. It's going to disintegrate, not integrate. And there's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and even a new Jerusalem. That's actually what the Bible says. And I believe God. I'm not going to believe what conspiracy theorists or others say. Global warming, whatever you want to call it, it you know, gets hot, it gets cold, gets hot, it gets cold. And one day it's going to get really warm. Not because of global warming, <laughs> but because this planet that Jesus is holding together, he's going to what? Let go. Boom. Second Peter chapter 3, in the book of Revelation, so any chapters you can read it later on. But of the government of Jesus Christ, it's going to have no end. How many of you love that? I love that. Don't you love that? Because we want to put our faith and trust in a government. Don't put your faith and trust in the government of the United States. Do exercise your right to vote. But do know, just like doing laundry, you wear the clothes, you rinse and repeat, right? Hopefully you do. You guys wash clothes too? Okay, you do. (laughs) Just like our government, every four years in the United States of America, we will vote. And it might be rinse and repeat. Okay, so don't put your faith and trust in them. And I'm not pro-Trump or pro-Biden. I'm not any of those things. I want to be pro-Jesus Christ. Amen? 
I think that's what it needs to be. But of his government, there will be no end. No end. Okay, don't get bummed out about government. We're always going to get bummed out about government. And I'm not preaching to be independent or liberal, conservative uh, when it comes to politics. Just be pro-Jesus Christ. Amen? Of his government, there will be no end. So Christ's birth was a sign. It was a sign for his people. still is. It was also a sign for the shepherds. Let's turn to the New Testament. You could read it here on the display, but go to the book of Luke, if you would. In the New Testament, it starts with the book of Matthew. After Matthew is what? Mark. And then after Mark is what book? Luke. This is one of the Christmas books and passages. So Luke chapter 2. By the way, a quick trivia question. Who wrote the most in the New Testament? Who wrote the most? Luke? Who, who say it's Luke? And who says it's Paul? <laughs> Paul wrote the most letters, 13 letters, arguably. Uh, Luke wrote two books. Which are the books? Luke and Acts, and when you weigh them, just the Greek words, Luke actually wrote the most of the New Testament. Because there are big books, big scrolls. You look at the chapters, like, look at this, chapter 1, 80 verses. I mean, that's a huge chapter. Trick question, sorry. <laughs> okay, so Luke chapter 2, here's what it says in verse 11. Luke chapter 2, let's, I'm going to start reading from verse 8. It'll pick up on the display here at verse 11. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord, I love that, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11, you see on the display. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Now a manger, a manger is basically an animal's feeding truck. Who has a dog at home or a cat? You have, we might call it like a dog bowl or a cat bowl where you put your food. Would you put your newborn baby in a big, dirty, stinky, filthy dog bowl? Like, oh, that's disgusting, right? That's basically what that is. So this sign was given to who? To shepherds. They were out in the field, sleeping out there, watching over the flocks of sheep at nighttime. So they understood about taking care of animals. They would have known what a feeding trough is, what we call a manger. The manger is not the scene you might see. Oh, what is that? That's the nativity scene. That's the, the manger. It, it's that little thing that they put the baby Jesus in. An animal's feeding truck. So can you imagine, say, sheep, maybe donkeys, and you're going to feed them hay or whatever you put in. Maybe even pigs. Wouldn't be for Jews, but just a feeding truck. It'd be loaded to the ground. The animals can put their neck over it and just nom, 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 and all the spit and stuff falling out. It would not be very hygienic, right? would not be very sanitary. And you mommies know, remember 
Okay, again, who's, who's a mommy here? Remember the first time you brought your baby home? You were like so freaked out, weren't you? No, 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 wash your hands. No, no, no. You got a sniffle? Stay away. <laughs> Wear a mask. Second baby comes like, ah! Like, the lollipop fell on the ground. Ah! And you moms are laughing because you know what I mean. We didn't do that with our kids. <laughs> but when you have a baby, we get freaked out, right? When you first bring that baby home, you're all prepped, all that kind of stuff that they tell you from the doctor's office. They're not going to tell you, now when you take your baby home, it's a little sweet and, you know, babies have that nice smell. They're not going to say, now take that baby and put it within this animal's feeding truck. It's okay. It's okay that it's stinky and it's got worms and maggots. They're not going to tell you that. Yeah, ooh, gross. But that's the reality. So this was the sign. It's not that you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. That's normal. So what was abnormal as a sign to the shepherds is that this baby would be lying in a manger. Say, what? You're hearing that message, that sign, you think, what? So they obviously would be looking for this sign, something that was not normal, but abnormal. Because you would find it normal to wrap your baby. Any of you moms and dads ever swaddle a baby? Yeah, remember that? Like, isn't that going to, like, constrict them to, to the point they can't breathe? They're all, nice little, little pee, and, like, and they fall asleep. You remember, like, how tight you got to make that thing, right? Swaddle, so they're swaddled. It supposedly mimics, like, the, the, the way that the baby is when the baby's in the womb. Well, yeah, there's this little thing. They can't move their arms and legs. They just like, and they just fall asleep. So that baby would be swaddled. But it would be lying in a manger. He would be. That was the sign. It was an abnormal thing. So if it was, behold, you're going to find a sign, shepherds. There's going to be a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth. Like, which one? They'd all be like that. But this baby was not only wrapped in swaddling cloths, but was put in a manger, an animal's feeding trough. So therefore, by the shepherds seeing this, they knew that this was a sign that this would be the baby who would be what? Messiah. Notice this here, that this Messiah, this baby, not only would be lying in a manger, but this baby would be your what? Savior. He would be Christ. Christ means Messiah. This is the one that all of Israel was to be waiting for, that all the scriptures prophesied and pointed to, still do. They don't point to me and you, they point to him. So Christ's birth was also a sign for wise men. Wise guys. <laughs> all right, go to Matthew. If you're in Luke, take a left turn. You can see here on the display, but go to Matthew, that's the first book of the New Testament. Go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, right at the start of the book, or start of the chapter, forgive me. It says in verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to what does it say? worship him. 
Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. By the way, what were the gifts that they were to give Jesus? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So who remembers what gold represents? King, royalty. Okay, It represents who he is. Jesus is our king. That's the gold. How about frankincense? It represents his ministry. So he is our great high priest. And myrrh. Myrrh was the odd one. Why? Because you would embalm bodies with that. Like, don't give my baby that. What are you talking about? Take that thing home. You got the receipt? Let's return that thing. <laughs> I don't care if you got that from Amazon. Get that out of my Because <laughs> your baby's born to die. So myrrh represents what he'll do. Who he is, he's king. His ministry, Jesus is our great high priest. And what is he going to do? He's going to die for our sins. He's our savior who died as a sacrifice for our sins. And by the way, if you're going to a baby welcoming party, (laughs) don't give myrrh, right? (laughs) You give myrrh, what's the next thing you're going to (laughs) hear? Take that guy home. So myrrh represents what he'll do. Jesus is our Savior who died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Awesome how they knew to give these things. So these gifts, you'll find that in Matthew 2, verse 11. When they had come into the house, it says, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and what? Like it says in verse 2, worship him. By the way, that's important. They did not fall down and worship Mary. The mom. Some would have you believe that. Okay? It's important to know that. They worshipped him, Jesus. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the gifts they gave to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So this was a sign. Christ's birth was a sign for wise men also. That the king was going to come, that's the gold. That the great high priest was going to be on the scene, that's Jesus, our great high priest. And the savior of the world is finally come. And he's here. He's your savior. He wants to be. He's the one that died on the cross for your sins and mine. Amen? For the sins of all the world. Let's continue on. Also, Christ's birth is a sign not just for shepherds and wise men and for God's people, the Jews, but also for you. Christ's birth points you and I to a mystery. I'm going to read this. You can look this up later. It's on the display. You can follow along if you want. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in glory. So great is this mystery of godliness that God was manifested in the flesh. That is a mystery, isn't it? Yes. Even Paul the Apostle said that in 1 Timothy 3. It's a mystery, but it's a sign for you and I. It's a mystery. What else? Well, Christ's birth also points you to the fact that Jesus is God with us. You'll find this in Isaiah seven fourteen and John 1, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, 
and shall call his name what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel means what? God with us. So God has given you and I a sign, not just this time of year, but every day of the year, at all places, at all times, that God wants to be with you through who? Through Jesus Messiah. That through Jesus, he would be with you. John 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That speaks to the fact that Jesus left heaven, put on a body of flesh as he's birthed into this earth, and he lived among us. That was the first coming of Jesus Christ. And by the way, he's coming back, amen? Yes. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Christ's birth also points you to the fact that God wants to govern you. Hey, wait a second. I don't mind you being Messiah and paying for my sins, dying on the cross so I don't have to, and save me from the fires of hell and save me from burning eternally in the lake of fire. But come on, I want to govern me. No, that's what Satan wants. Why? Because wants, Satan wants you and I to follow him. Well, I don't follow him. I don't I take care of number one. I take care of myself. Uh, that's a disguise. Who, how many of you Christians, you know that Satan's trying to get you to worship you? Any of you guys know that? And then the reality is that is one and the same as worshiping and following Satan. That's exactly what happened with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So here's what it says in Isaiah 9, verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. God prophesied about this child that we've born, that the government would be upon his shoulder. God wants to govern you, and it's through Jesus Messiah. He wants to govern me, and it's only through Jesus. So let me throw out this question at this junction. Will you allow God to govern you? Or are you still going to allow self, which is basically Satan, govern you? And that's the reality. Satan's tricked a lot of Christians in America and around the world to actually follow him by looking out for number one, as we might say, right? Remember the old song, I did it my way, right? It's like, oh, I don't want to do God's way. Satan says, yes, do it your way. And after you die, you realize, I've been worshiping Satan all along. And that's exactly what he wants you to do. But God wants to govern you. Will you allow God to govern your life through Jesus Christ? He wants to. And he doesn't want to govern your life just, well, I'll give you one hour on Sunday. He wants to govern you Sunday to Sunday. Amen? Every day, every hour. Me too. He wants that. Christ's birth also points you to, we're almost done here, his redeeming and adopting you. Here's what it says in Galatians 4. It says, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, there it is, speaks of the birth of Jesus, born under the law, verse 5 says, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. It says to redeem. God sent his son Jesus to redeem you. He wanted to buy you back. He wanted to redeem us from slavery to sin and slavery to Satan. It's also prophesied, says, quote, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Do you know that the Heavenly Father wanted to adopt us, wants to adopt you and I into his family, into a new family, amen? And he does that through Jesus Christ. So 
It's a sign. The birth of Jesus through scriptures also points to the fact that he wants to redeem and adopt you. What else? Well, the sign of his birth is also pointing you and I to the fact that his death as Savior or is as Savior for your sins. Here's what it says in John chapter 3, verse 16. We all know this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world or that the world through him might be saved. That's why God gave his son to be your savior. Matthew 1 verse 21 says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated again, right? God with us. And lastly, again, John 3, verse 16. God's sign of his love for you. The birth of Jesus Christ is also God's sign to you. It's proof of God's love for you. So the Heavenly Father loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Messiah. Sent him into the world, not just to take on a body of flesh like you and me, but to die on the cross. He was a man, a Messiah, on a mission to die on the cross for your sins and mine. So we want to celebrate that today and every day, amen? Let's all stand, please. I'm going to close this with a word of prayer. I want to encourage you, no matter who you are, where you're at with the Lord, give your heart and life to Jesus, not just as a Savior for your sins, but he wants to be the Lord of your life, amen? Father in heaven, we ask that you would please empower us today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your holy word that prophesied as a sign that Messiah, your son, was going to come. He was assigned to your people. He was assigned to the shepherds. He was assigned to wise men. He's assigned for us today. And Lord, as we leave this building, whenever we leave, we ask that you would empower us, that we would leave as missionaries. As we go home to our families, our neighborhoods, our jobs, that we can show this sign to the world. You want us to now be a sign that as born-again, spirit-filled Christians, we can allow the world to see us. You said, Jesus, to let your light so shine before men that those who see your good works will glorify your Father in heaven. And Father, we want to glorify you with our lives now. So we ask for your empowerment to do so. Help us, Lord. And we pray for our time and food and fellowship. That you please bless this food and strengthen each of us. So we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.